Yeah. Clen- cleanse yourself. Let's bathe. Welcome to the 551 Podcast. My name is Wes Berdine, and I am joined by my comrades, Corey Schreppel, Mark Fangmeyer, Rodrigo Sanchez Chavaria. Hello, everybody. Howdy. It's Hello. a uh, end of the season podcast. Everyone oh, yeah. feel limbered up? Ready uh, for this? Yeah, so I planted it, uh, 400 tulip bulbs yesterday, so I'm feeling very... 400? 400? Did you rob yeah. a bank? I... Got really ambitious in the spring when I ordered from like this bulk place, and I actually ordered seven hundred. Are you okay? It's, I mean, I, seriously, come by my house this spring. Once the snow melts, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, what um, are you doing with the other three hundred? You know what? I don't want to know. <laughs> no, I planted a hundred like two weeks ago, and then I like the weather wasn't so nice. And then I was like, I gotta get this done. And now the other like two hundred I have are like actually like wild uh, tulips, so they're like much smaller and they plant a lot easier. So those will be pretty easy ones to finish up quick. Here's my question: Like, aren't you supposed to have like three inches in between each tulip when you plant them? Yeah. Do you so like, like? Do you live on you like eight acres over fit? in? No, I had like I have like about like, I have like a like long kind of like four foot by like twenty five foot patch of like flowers and stuff that's like along our driveway on the, like in between like in between our house and the driveway and yeah um, yeah and i just like i literally like did the whole thing with tulips i'll have like 500 tulips and like i also planned it out so that they a hundred of them they all bloom at different times so it'll be like a rotating bloom every week of different tulips with all of the colors being contrasted to each other so they're all kind of like yellow and orange colors and maybe they're also close enough that you're actually having them fight for resources so you can sit on a throne in the spring and watch them battle. Yeah. But this is much. this, this is the Dr. Really Seuss story that never made it into the final cut. Guy who plants tulips to watch them grow so you can sit on a throne. Yeah. Tulip wars. Yeah. I mean, come on. You've all heard of tulip wars. And that's been the podcast. Tulip wars. <laughs> from the 551 Productions. Um <laughs> I was listening back to the first ever episode of the 551 podcast with uh, Jeff Reuter and myself. And um, we discussed uh, the Minnesota United FC Scandinavian scouting trip. Um, I don't know if that one works for you. We also talked about how um, uh, Bob Bradley uh, was hired, just hired at Swansea. And uh, we were talking about how exciting that was going to be. That was a good stuff. We were talking about how the the rumor uh, of how Sam Allardyce was going to come to Minnesota United as the new head coach, man, it was it was a it was a doozy. And so I wanted to listen back because we've been doing game recaps, discussing loons for now. It, it's been six years this month, and uh, that, that was with Jeff Reuter, then Alex Schieferdecker joined, then Eric Silva Brenneman, then Eric uh, brought along this guy Rodrigo, who I didn't know, and then somehow I met Mark. Oh, because you were tweeting about the watch, doing watches, and then <laughs> Corey and I met. Anyway, so we are coming to the end of that era. Um, doing these regular game recaps, not killing the podcast, but I think we've come to the end of the last few seasons 
at least the last two for me, um, feeling like we're just kind of repeating ourselves after games and, and feeling like, I don't know, what do we have to say anymore? Um, so I don't, I, we may do a world cup podcast. I actually have a sponsor who reached out about it. And so I'm like, all right, I guess so we could do that. Um, We'll probably do a season preview. I'll do some interviews. Every once in a while, we'll get the mics back out. Um, so, so I'm not saying delete your uh, your podcast subscription, but um, but we are kind of done with the like regular once a week podcasts and going to go into podcast emeritus situation. Um, anyway, I should say thanks to Jeff for originally coaxing me out of podcast retirement to do this. And then he moved on to way better things and left me behind with all these losers. Just kidding. Um, but, but saying thanks to all my friends who've been on this, um, thanks to the Patreon supporters, the listeners and people who have been really kind to us who say really amazing things. Um, I know that many of you are going to be bummed about, uh, the, this announcement, but, um, I'll get to see many of you at the black heart in analog. Um, I'll serve you, uh, you know, beer mosas or something. Huh. All right. Should I take a break and we'll do the, we'll, we'll cleanse ourselves and get ready for good, the bad and the weird. Yeah. Clean, cleanse yourself. Let's bathe. Back on the 55 one podcast. Let's do the good, the bad and the weird, the good. We have some NWSL stuff we'll kick off here. Crystal Dunn comes off the bench, scores its stoppage time winner for the Portland Thorns to beat the San Diego Wave, book a spot in Saturday's final against the KC Current. Um, it was just such a fantastic win. Um, and I'm really excited about the final, which is this Saturday, um, 7 p.m. Central. We will have it on in the back room at the bar. It's like... Halloween night, so it'll be pretty busy later on. But seven to nine should be pretty good. Um, Aren't you going to be there, right? Yeah, yeah. So I will be uh, at the NWSL final. I'm very excited that my uh, cousin gets married at one p.m. that day, an hour outside of DC. And so I was like, I will definitely. I thought the NWSL final was going to be the next day instead, so I'll have to have just a single glass of champagne at the wedding and then. Drive back to DC, but I'm pretty pumped about it. Are you guys uh, cheering for Portland or Kansas City? Probably I'm, Portland. I don't know. Crystal's done. Did you guys see when she when she scored after the game where they were throwing dollar bills or fake dollar bills at her? She was dancing. Yeah. It, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. But Kansas City's just been so much better as a counter team that it's it's pretty crazy how they do that. And, and sad that they all reign over about two and six. In playoff appearances, so they can do really good in the regular season, but not so well it, in the. It's going to be a great matchup. I'm as like a true neutral. I'm going to have so much fun watching it because Portland is super fun to watch, but Kansas City is just chaos. Like the, I think I forget who posted the the passing map of OL Rain, which is like this amazing geometric even passing structure and then Kansas City just looked like somebody like an eight-year-old was drawing with their other hand <laughs> and there was no rhyme or reason to <laughs> it. Rhyme or reason, yeah. And it was it was incredible. And I was like, yeah, this is gonna be a great matchup. 
the other good uh, is that we have the Ballon d'Or winners. Um, one of them is not good, Karim Benzema, who is uh, just a terrible human being. Um, yep. But Alexia Puteas, um, the Spanish uh, player, um, won the Ballon d'Or Feminine. And then you had the Sadio Mane, Sadio Mane, not the Sadio Mane. I guess he is the Sadio Mane. Um, won the Socrates Award, which is what for what? For it's being like, like a humanitarian. Because uh, Sadio uh, built like not only schools, but hospitals in his hometown. Yeah, he's, so he's like Socrates he's was always about, you know, just just being not just a footballer, but an, an active member of, of society. So the Socratic yeah, method was great. is what they yeah. call it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Socrates. Um, so the, the bad we have is um, Jesse Marsh. Uh, his leads are not doing that well. Haven't won since that Chelsea win now 17 years ago. <clears throat> they lost to Fulham this weekend. His job is on the line. Their next games they're in the league are Liverpool, Bournemouth, Spurs, and Man City, which is a a big old yikes. I think. Uh, I mean, they've got a chance against Liverpool at this point. I think yeah, that's true. That is true. That actually, the trees were able I, to... you look at that, and if the Forest Liverpool game hadn't happened this weekend, I would say you know what, Leeds are going to win this, and then they won't win another game all season. They'll just beat they'll beat Chelsea, Liverpool, and then just lose to everyone. So yeah, it'd be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to it. But that that's also a game that Spurs would lose too. So mm-hmm. um, the other bad is that Austin have gone full Heath on us, and apparently Felipe Martins, who I think has played like two minutes all season, maybe maybe 2000, something like that, somewhere between them. Uh, he not only laminated the MLS realtor predictions from the beginning of the year, but then he also found all of their playoff, actually not all of their playoff brackets. He found only the ones who did not predict Austin to go through and uh, and just was like trying to dunk on them. And then their supporters made a keep on doubting us banner, which it's, it's like the, um, you know, nothing grant wall with no irony, which is the whole fun of it. Anyway, it's it's pretty awesome. And today was very much about Laminator Gate on Twitter, I think. Didn't, didn't <laughs> I was really hoping because like Charlotte FC um mocked it in a really, really funny way, and I'm trying to find it. Um where they basically took the lamination. They, they ranked the announcers. Oh, they, they ranked yeah, the, they're like the last Charles Bohm, fair, Tom Bogert, love you, Matt Doyle, oh, yes. honest, David Goss, good point, Sam Jones, close, Joe Lowry, almost, Greg Seltzer, fine, Andrew Wiebe, good try. I was really hoping that more MLS teams would make parodies, but that would be too clever in the offseason. Yeah, that's right. Group. Yeah. Work Don't pay your more. social media guy that much in the offseason. So, yeah. The the weird this we're gonna just throw this one to you, Corey, for the weird because uh, I actually ended up reading the message that you <laughs> sent to to just the bar while we were there watching soccer. So God, this was this was what Sunday, right? Sunday, Sunday morning. morning. Yep. It was like it was like eight a.m. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night, so I've been traveling a lot for the last month. My body's really tired. I'm really tired, and we landed back in. Um, 
Minnesota from a work trip on Saturday morning. I was just just sleeping, just totally wiped out, and took a couple extra sleeping pills uh, on Saturday night, and uh, woke up in the middle of the night, and I had to feverishly like write this down in a note because this was my dream. Um, it was a Minnesota United playoff match, like the one that we had, except it was at home, and the entire, all these, all the supporter groups, the Wonderwall, the whole stadium, we were going to do this big tribute to Cal and Kendra who are leaving as broadcasters for the team. And we're going to have this massive send off and it was going to be beautiful and wonderful. Uh, we still lost the match. So there's a little bit of realism here. Um, and as we were all getting excited for the tribute, uh, Dr. Bill came on over the PA system and said that we have a special presentation before we do that. And we're like, Oh my God, what, what does he have planned? And the lights dimmed, and then a podium came out onto one of the capo stands in front of the the Wonder Wall, and then it's Joel Osteen, the piece of shit TV preacher, who came out to announce that he's running for Minnesota's Senate seat and that he has a few things to say. Naturally, uh, like it was not great, but the funny part was that Durkee and all the PR staff started handing out Austin for Senate signs, like begrudgingly, not like they were believing it, but that Dr. Bill told them that this was part of their job today. And then, uh, but the Wonderwall wasn't having it. And so they just started throwing crucifixes at Joel Austin. <laughs> Why did they have them? I don't know. And they, here's the thing. I've been, holding, various... I've been keeping my crucifix at bay for like how many <laughs> years now? Like, they were, they were, they were all different sizes. Like people had handfuls of micro crucifixes. Um, people had like full size, like lightsaber size sword version crucifixes. Wow. Um, it was amazing. Uh, was, were you watching Buffy at all? Any point no, during this? Um, but uh, <laughs> we just kept throwing crucifixes at him until he left the the in front of the the supporter group. And then we asked Doctor Bill why he approved this. He said, "Well, you all want us to spend more money on the roster, don't you? Well, Joel has a lot of money." And then I woke up. <laughs> wow. That was my day, folks. That's a nightmare. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a journey. Even just hearing about it, I so. cut, all I want to do is I want to put that entire thing into like the Dolly AI generator, yeah, and just see what comes out. Yeah, I, I, I want you to do what they I think do for the that, daily on, on Sundays, where they hire someone to read it, and I just want you to just want you to write it all out, detailed, and just have someone along to read it. That's going to be do it on the Moth Radio Hour. See what yeah, happens, or something like that. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. I, I need to. I need to really think about some stuff. All right, I've had a chance to think, and that was a weird dream. <laughs> Corey, uh, let's. I was going to transition to the Aurora news, but uh, I needed a full music break to get there. Uh, before we hit Minnesota United news, let's do the Minnesota Aurora news. Minnesota Aurora announced today that they've been talking to investors about their um, desire to become a professional club. Oh, what's that about? Do you want me to answer? <laughs> I don't Wait, know what's going on with Rory. <laughs> Rory, Rory's a professional uh, 
professional dinosaur. Um, anyway, there's there there is a web a part on the website that is labeled investor FAQ that kind of has this letter that was sent out to community owners. We purposely did not do like a media tour and and put this out, which annoyed all the media. Um, but instead, just sent it to the investors. And uh, there's not too much. Some parts we simply don't know. Other parts have to be obviously vague. Um, and and so we tried to put as much as we could out there. But um, people have had some kind of like great follow-up questions that we've been trying to, and we're going to try to add to the FAQs. But uh, any any you want to hit me with? You guys have any any clarity? I mean the the, the top the the top ones like you know as of right now, you know there's no change to like the investors and the community investment and all that stuff. Obviously, there's I think I think the FAQs were really laid things out pretty well so far. But I think the one that wasn't like totally clear to me was like you know obviously there's there's more details to come, but. The plan is to still maintain the 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 W League and the the developmental yeah, aspect of it. I most think, likely, I think it would be something where this team, that part of the team, gets kept on um, indefinitely, um, even with in addition to the professional team. It's something that it's a little hard to think that far in advance, but that yeah. that's kind of the vague idea right now. Yeah, that that we is it, it kind of like. Like the, the city futures program, in a sense, like you have a pool of players you develop, and then you can move them up to uh, a league that you de- decides to go to invest. Whether that be the the second league or the NWSL, is it would that be a little bit more like just a reserve team, actually? Um, that still plays in a league, though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's actually like uh, Racing Louisville had their reserve team play in the W League this season, and so be a bit like that. That is the way it could work. We still get to have a rematch and go for the championship next year, right? Yep. Next year, it's still the W League no matter what. And so even if tomorrow we signed with a bunch of investors, but uh, yeah. And and uh, speaking of uh, our friend Miguel Ibarra and apparently Newcastle and Manchester United legend, not legend, but Gabriel Obertan, uh, they both play for Charlotte Independence. They lost to Tormenta in the playoffs this week. And judging uh, from Miguel's tweet, it didn't sound like the refereeing was uh, up to up to par. I thought USL two had VAR. Apparently, they don't. So, no, 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 no. Yeah, they maybe that's they the next have videos and video cameras. That's but <laughs> that's, but so they, they don't have, have VAR. They don't have any. But they don't have the staffing to review anything though. No, no. Um. All right, let's do some Minnesota United stuff then. <clears throat> will Trap will be back in 2023, but there's a, a whole kind of group of players that we don't know the future for. Um, and and so Will, we do know, is coming back. Um, who are the other people who are kind of, we've got options or they're out of contract? Um, the well, ones the, that are... The, 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 quick thing, just a, the quick thing about Will Trap, it's not like we signed him already. It's he had a clause after X amount of appearances or minutes, that automatically triggered the option. So oh, we it wasn't didn't even like exercise we, it. It just automatically No, we triggered. didn't. Yeah, okay, we didn't exercise you. anything. It was triggered. Out was Dick Hayes and Montgomery. 
Lone expiring is Gonzalez and Rosales. Eric Dick, Ja'Cory Hayes. I thought Dick Hayes was, was a guy. I was like, I don't <laughs> that, know that is, that, is a, that is a weird unfiltered IPA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, though. It's like, a funny you, thing. You, you can was, bring back it was, Hayes. It was a pale ale. Montgomery Brewing Company's cool. Dick Hayes yeah. are out. All right. Um, Let Rodrigo go. You guys jumped on Rodrigo. God, you guys are horrible. Is that I think Hayes deserves to come back. If you really think about it, like, and I don't know if we want to do like an end of the end of the end podcast for next season, but like, um, who I think if you have Hayes, uh, if you have, if you trigger whatever it is that Jonathan Gonzalez has. And then you still have Dotson and Bongi. I mean, that really makes it really makes a a a good depth and change of pace midfield that you can switch on and play around with. Yeah. Um, and then you can truly determine what you really want to do with Lud, which I think is the biggest question. Um, do you want Lud to be that eight, or do you want him to be that winger that scores goals? And in my opinion, I think you want Lud to score goals. Because that's what we haven't here for, um, and so the more players in the middle, you know, whether whether that's Ariaga as well too, because I think he's he's signed on for a while, but I don't know if Rosales also what the, what his option is, but it, it all it all it all just has to come into decisions of what you want to do, um, and I think that would be the right way to go about it. And I still don't think that Benitez is worth four hundred thousand dollars for what he's been doing lately, but. No, and actually, like I was listening to um, the uh, what is it, Minnesota United, like the club's podcast with uh, Cal and Kendra, and they had Manny Lagos on it. Manny sounded very much like they were bringing Hayes back. Like he talked very much about how like Hayes deserves a chance to come back. He's still developing, and he we, he thinks he can be like the holding midfielder, one of the better holding midfielders in the league, and whatnot. So it sounded like he was coming back, but um, but yeah, and then like options that we had, they have to figure out if they want to pick up or not is are Delati, Emmons, Fisher. Hanson, Jackson, Kibin Gucci, McMaster, Metnair, Miller. Who is this one? Tani. Oh, Bongi. No. Oh, that's not Bongi. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. Yeah, he, I'm not gonna, he yeah, came I can't, in I, through Minneapolis City, I think. Okay. Was. Yeah. And, and Taylor. So, like, those, some stuff to figure out. But, like, um, yeah, we should know I mean, by next week. I mean, like, the... The thing about the the loans, I don't, I can't remember if Gonzalez has an option to buy or if it's like we can loan him again. Gonzalez would be more, much more expensive than Rosales, but I would lean on Gonzalez's. That's where I would go. I don't, don't see, say bad things about Gonzalez. Oh no, no, way. I'm no, I'm I'm Joe Go for life. Um, but I don't think Rosales is worth bringing back necessarily. Options like Donati, no Emmings, sure. Um. I love to see Emmings get more of a of a try with the with the first team. Yeah, that, um, Fisher, Hanson, no, Az Jackson. I think he should be in the first team. He could start being a, a Reynoso understudy. Kim and Gucci, sure, why not for coverage? McMaster, we've never seen him really. Metnair, I don't think we're bringing him back um, unless he's totally recovered. But he's what thirty one, thirty two at this point. No, if you, I don't if think, you bring him back, it has to be cheap. Yeah, you can't you can't be spending three hundred thousand dollars on someone who yeah. just uh, 
Otani, I, sure, maybe. I don't know. But DJ Taylor, I think, has proved himself. I think he'd be worth picking up an option um, relatively cheap. Tyler Miller, I think the only reason that you would pick up his option is to flip him for a profit. But otherwise... But we weren't um, even able to find anybody that wanted him when he had a year and a half left. And a half a year and an option year. No, no. We know that we didn't get rid of him. We don't know if anyone wanted him or... Yes, yeah. there's a big difference there. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think for mid-season, not knowing what Dane was going to be like as a as our primary keeper for an entire season, which he never had been before, I think now we know what Dane's, you know, where he could go and what he can do over the course of an entire season, especially with a helpfully uh, fit back line. Um, I think Miller. I don't think we shopped Miller as much as people think we did. I think he. He was an insurance policy, and now I think he's, you know, I think he's still an insurance policy. I think he's, sure, absolutely, but I think you you take his option, and somebody pays you for him. Otherwise, he's going to walk for free. But yeah, no, I agree. You need to pick him up because yeah, you don't. I mean, unless you want to really Fred Emmings to have like a, a really good exposure to what it would be like, and and then you have the. Who is going? But there's a there's a third keeper that won the MLS Keeper Wars. Yeah. So there's that guy too, and that he was pretty decent. And so that yeah. was we'll we'll see how that works out. But I just think that overall, like you work on that back line and you bring back the midfielders that are that are that are capable of changing. You send Bongi to to go play in like street ball and and I don't know in some Latin American country for like the whole off season. In a parking lot, so he can work on his first touch and his one v one, so he can actually beat someone after dribble, and actually do a bunch of other stuff. Because that's that's one of the things that he's been lacking. But you know, I think overall, like you have a good, really good base for midfielders. You bring the people that we talked about back. Um, in terms of thinking back at this roster this year, I want to I want you to give me the highest. Remember that guy value. Um, the 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 ten of remember that guy being like, oh my god, like synapses are firing. Like, how could I have forgotten this legendary thing? Uh, one being like Darwin Quintero is a one. Patrick Wea, Tani Oluwasei, Kibin Gucci, Eric Dick, O'Neill Fisher. I think O'Neill Fisher is going to be up at. at- it's gonna be Fisher's up there. gotta be an, an eight, right? Like yeah. Fisher just yeah. like obviously is the the current holder of the older veteran guy who comes in, takes someone's minutes, the, and then the, you the just Tyrone never see Mears. Again. Yeah, Tyrone Mears. That's and Jermaine Taylor. Uh, yeah, endowed. You know, like it, I mean, that's that that's his career at this point. He's like a journeyman, just moves from team to team and helps out, and then puts on his you know duster jacket and walks into the sunset. Right, but did he do the job? I guess that's my question. I thought he did when he was in. Yeah, I mean, um, I didn't. It was no. fine. I mean, did he do it better than Julka Raitala, uh, who is also yeah. who is last year's? <laughs> yeah, isn't that a great one for remember that guy? <laughs> the the when, I mean, I still the, feel like he, the guy from sec, or from who's the, who's the guy that was like retired he's like i graduated from stanford i can make so much more money than trying to like make it in the pros here what was that guy he's like oh, australian uh, foster australian for Langdorf. foster langdorf yes um <laughs> what about was it jose or juan the costa rican player leton 
Yeah. yeah. Well, well, we're not going to yeah. do a full round of Remember That Guy. <laughs> not, not, not Wilfred Moimbe Tarot. Because now I am going to do a recap episode with uh, Schieffer Decker and Reuter where I'm going to try to, I have to try to figure out a way to turn Remember That Guy into like a wait, wait, don't tell me trivia. Yeah, you should totally do I that. I just can't figure out how to make it a trivia competition. Anyway, so and all I'll you take need is all you need is a bunch of sound effects. I literally just, just, don't know what this. And also, is. who's gonna do? Who's gonna win the? Who's doing the voicemail for the prize? Oh, that's a great question, Cal Williams. I'll call him up. We're buddies. Um, all right, I have literally no idea what we were talking about or why we're talking about any of it. But let's talk about Minnesota United one, da- FC Dallas one. The burn was on. This was uh, first round of the playoffs. Last year, we went out in a really kind of just pathetic slump uh, against Portland. And um, this year, it was a bit more of a battle, but, you know, being being gentle. Um, if you just look at the stats, Dallas looked like they outplayed Minnesota by, by most metrics. The XG for Dallas was 1.78. For us, it was 0.47. Um, mainly from the two, from the goal, and then the the later there, when Lud had a shot from the top of the box at the eighty second minute. Um, overall takes on this game. Did did we put up a fight or whimper? I think we um, did. Yeah, like I like I mean we we gave up a goal. You know, I mean we had the lead for a bit, then we gave up a goal, and like. I don't know. I thought it was one of those things. I thought Dallas was the better team. I thought they looked more dangerous, but I thought we had a couple of those good moments and some chances that we didn't finish off. Um, And I kind of figured that it was either going to be, you know, a late, you know, 80 some minute, um, you know, give up a goal and it's done, but they went through, um, you know, two extra times and then it was down to PKs and PKs is always a, a crapshoot. And, you know, I didn't mind the way we went out with that particular match. Um, I thought we looked fine, if not just totally gassed, just given all of the the injuries and lack of rotation, all that stuff this year. But Yeah, no, I think also defensively, we looked pretty good. I mean, we gave up a fair amount of chances. Dane saved our butts a number of times. Because he looked, he played phenomenal. Um, but like, even like with all the pressure we were absorbing, our defense looked pretty good. There were no glaring errors. I mean, there was the one goal we gave up on the corner kick, and that was also just like a really quick redirect, which was like tough to defend, anyways. Like, so I didn't think we played badly at all. And I thought like Will Trapp actually had like one of the better matches of the season. He looked pretty good out there. Again, is just, I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, just our offense could not perform and didn't put they just couldn't pull it off and couldn't get shots on goal and couldn't you know pull the trigger and score goals and that's how it's been all season long except for like that one stretch where we did really well for a couple matches yeah i mean i think also too is just overall you think about it it's um their argentinians play better than on our, our argentinians velasco really got in the head of uh fragapane as well as reynoso and i thought that was that was key but also um, I think this being Bongi's game back, first game back, and there were a lot of uh, dust to clear off, it was really clear to see what he's not, he needs to work on. And I think there were situations where like he was 1v1 or 2v1 
where all he needed was to to lose the mark and then take a shot or take a pass and really struggled to do that. Matter of fact, the goal that he assisted on, he literally just just overpowered people and just pushed the ball through to three people while he was following their passing it to Reynoso, who hit a wonderful, beautiful low ball. And as much as I like to give him credit, I, I feel that be mostly luck. And I don't know if he's going to be that lucky in, in next year that he can't rely so much on the luck. It has to be more about his awareness and talent uh, to develop. And I think that's the, the other thing. The other thing, too, that bugged me about this game was um, kind of like the substitutions towards the end. Um, knowing that you're going to um, go into PKs, you, you want your players that you have that they can hit the ball of your finishers to be on that field and you remove Lud, you remove Fragapane, um, you know, you put you put Benitez on, right? I mean I mean you bring in Rosales over Jogo and that's a conversation we can go in about their styles of play. But it's always helpful when you bring in another midfielder that has really good skill and ball control to kind of release the pressure from, let's say, a Lewis to be able to push up more and be able to be able to be part of that offense and, and being able to be more dangerous. And that wasn't that wasn't that was a really big miss opportunity in my opinion. But overall, I mean, once you get to PKs, like we say, it's it's it's, it's all a gamble. I don't think uh this was quite as deflating or, or like infuriating of a loss, I guess I should say, as last year's playoff loss. It it was a little bit of a whimper. It felt like the game peaked pretty early and then it was just hang on, hang on, hang on, run out of energy. It looked you could just it just looked like an entropy on grass. And so I think um it is, you know, got a lot of seeping energy going into the off season. And I wonder w- what they can do. It feels like the, it's probably a big transition year. Um, I don't think we'll obviously see many big changes in the um, coaching staff, um, but it does feel like there's a lot of stagnation around. And uh, <laughs> I wonder if anything's going to be done with that. Cause it just, I felt a lot of uh, apathy from fans afterwards, but maybe that's just me. Well, I think it's, I think it's like, this is, it's not just this league too. Like I've, I'm seeing it in, you know, the majors, like, like, you know, seeing in with some premier league teams, you're seeing it in La Liga, you're seeing it in some of the other leagues. And like, it's in combination of a condensed cycle last year. And then earlier starts for MLS this year and a condensed season to you know, before the World Cup, I think it's just there's so much burnout, and, I, and you know, between both the fans, like we haven't had any real off seasons um, with all of the extra tournaments every summer, and and I think especially for the players and the coaching staff and everyone, like I think there's just general burnout, and I think you're starting to see that catch up to us, and it's like, God, just end this fucking season already. So we can go to this corrupt World Cup and <laughs> have a month off, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of let this thing happen, and then 
finish out this year and then next, you know, at least for MLS, like it's a long off season now. And hopefully that gives some of these teams who are not making deep playoff runs, like plenty of time to recuperate and figure out what comes next. Let's talk about the season overall then. What do we, what do we make of the season? Did it uh, live up to expectations or did we have expectations? I mean, we all thought that this team should finish in a home playoff in the top three. Seattle, LAFC, and us, like, largely is, is where I think a lot of us felt that, that we yeah. should be. And I think injuries played a big part of it, but we were excited about the, the when the Vibes Ball can get going. And, you know, we, we saw that this year the Vibes Ball really just was just a flash in the pan. Well, I mean... I don't know that it was a flash in the pan. I think it was, I think it went on longer than if it was a flash in the pan, I don't think it would have lasted as long as it did. Um, but the collapse was just, I mean, the collapse coincided with Debassi getting injured, um, which is not insignificant. Um, I think our start was slower than I expected, but not, troubling in any way like it was a couple of draws and you know um it was fine but then it was hampered by our one of our promising most promising midfielders with Hassani Dotson going down and I think it's just like we didn't really get started until May and then vibes ball started happening in June and so had the collapse not happened you know had Debassi not gone down injured had Hayes not gotten his leg broken by Deli Alley, like I think maybe we would have been in a better spot. Um, oh, I forgot it was Deli Alley who broke his leg. Yeah, and yeah. maybe yeah, and maybe it would have been, you know, something. Maybe we would have had that home playoff spot. Uh, maybe would have dropped a bit and went down to fourth. But it's it's like the it's like a team of of two personalities and like just the way that the season ended that we limped into the playoffs that's that's why i'm the season for me is not as exciting as it could have been just cuz it was it was just sheer collapse on like anything i think we've seen um this team do you know from from the heights that they had or you know in the middle of the summer through august and also it just it felt like there was no we were, going into the season, it felt like we were poised for a transition. Like we ended the season in uh, 2021 where, you know, we looked good. We made a, had a lot of opportunities, a lot of chances created, and we couldn't finish. We brought in, we upgraded our, you know, offense. We had pretty much our offense was, except for Bongi and injured, was pretty much healthy the entire season. And still, it was like our guys, except for like that stretch during the summer where they, they suddenly clicked for like, you know, a set of games. Our offenses just could not get it done. Like Amaria could not get anything done. Uh, Fregapani was terrible in the beginning and the end. Like there is, I don't know. It was, it's, it, it was disappointing in that the spots where we were solid previously, we were still pretty solid. Like our midfield was pretty good this year and our defense was pretty good this year for the most part. Uh, it was our offense that just continued to stagnate and continue to underperform. And that's the difficult part because now a lot of the guys that we signed, they're around now. We, I mean, 
what are we going to upgrade? Because we signed, they brought him in fresh for this season and they didn't perform. And now we're kind of stuck with them for the next you know, season or two after that. So who knows? It does feel like a lot of the, the positions for the, the attack are already spoken for with Mender Garcia, <clears throat> Amaria and others. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bullish on Mender Garcia. I think he's going to come. I think he's going to come good. I think whether it's, he's on the, the right wing or as a second or with a striker pair, or if he's the number nine, I think, I think he's going to come good with a full season with a full preseason under him. But Rodrigo, I, I don't see him as a nine, but I, I do see him as a good winger because we need that speed to kind of counter the same thing that Bongi does, except that Mander has a better touch and a better understanding of being 1v1. So I think um, that is that is what we'll see with him. And hopefully, you know, he'll be able to score um, more goals and be in that position. I think I think Amarilla is just, you know, someone who who's here and there. And... Um, you know, he did score goals, but it wasn't as consistent as we like it to be. But we also, our offense really wasn't as consistent. You know, as much as we talk about our midfield being good, um, it wasn't good in creating goals in a sense, right? What what would have happened if we would have been able to keep Lud up with that attacking four instead of not playing into the eight? Are we talking, you know, last year he was the leading score. He was the second leading scorer with, I don't know, almost like 10 goals, I think. And I think this year he ended in the in the range between seven and eight. And I think um, if he's up there and we he wasn't forced to play the eight with with Will Trap being injured, with Hassani being injured, and just having to to figure a position out for him to play, and then he then then I think you know we'd be scoring more goals, but at the same time the offense would be more more potent in a sense. And I think that's one of the conversations that needs to happen. It's like what can we do to reinforce that six and that eight um, to be able to um, to give that give that brevity and give that space for our players to be creative like they are. I also think that whatever those rumors were about Chicho and if Chicho wants five six million dollars, I pay five six million dollars for Chicho. What about Joseph Martinez? I, 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 why would I want Joseph Martinez? He flips over. He has no respect for food in the in the locker room. Why would I want them to have in there, man? Because he scores a lot he of goals, goals, and no one in MLS scores more goals than him. Uh, Bobas, he scored what? 14? Not as many as Joseph Martinez. Yeah, well, I don't want Joseph <laughs> I take, Martinez. I take Joseph Martinez. I take him. Oh, I, I would not take Joseph. I have no pride. I have no pride. Let's go. No, I, I just don't like attitudes like that. I'd rather take Chicho. Um, I mean, I don't think Chicho's going anywhere after he scored those goals. But um, let's, yeah, let's let me ask this final question here, which is: going into the off season, do you feel as optimistic for next season? Um, for example, are you like, all right, we make one center back signing, we do this, and then I think that we're we're moving up, or is it more likely that we finish this position or below next year? I will play the optimist. I think if you have a fully healthy and hungry Hassani Dotson, a healthy Ja'Cory Hayes to deepen the bench, you have a Mender Garcia with a full preseason, a Bongi who has been bedded in for an entire season. Um, I love a, I love a, a bedded Bongi. <laughs> a bedded Bongi. Um, a bedded Bongi that bathes together. Uh, anyway, um, but the hopefully you bring back a Jonathan Gonzalez, who I think could 
add a little bit of that creativity in the midfield or deeper midfield. And if they prioritize a center back, um, I have a little bit of concerns about fullbacks, but I think we'll, there's so many fucking anomalies with this season that, you know, had they not happened, I would like to think that we would be better positioned than we were this year. And so that's, that's where I'm at. I think, I think I think the roster is stronger than it was this season uh, for most of the season going into next season with, uh, I got to imagine a couple of changes and at least one big, one or two big signings. I mean, for me, the big thing is that at least our, like two of our DPs right now are gonna, are pretty much TAM eligible for next year. Like, like Mender Garcia was only a DP because we had an open DP spot and he didn't count towards the salary cap. Like that's the only reason he's a DP, count as a DP. We're only paying him like $200,000 a year. So, um, but I think, and this is just my, like Robin Lude had all of his scoring for us when he was playing as a nine for the most part. Like that's when he was scoring a ton of goals for us. He scored like a he's a very good winger, but if you look at other teams around the league that if who have a very good playmaker, they also have an equally good like player to compensate them on the offense. And when Reynoso was at his best when he first got here, is when he had Molino and they're just clicking. And like you had an elite Molino working with an elite Reynoso. And if we invest and get like an elite right winger and ball also filling that center back spot. I think then you have the, uh, the opportunity to move Lude to the center of the field and be a holding midfielder. And you saw the, how good he is at that. He could come pretty much play anywhere. So you're basically just, instead of like having, like having to make a decision between your holding midfield and your right wing, suddenly you can say like, we're going to just have all this depth for our holding midfields. And we're going to have, uh, you know, just a breakout superstar on our right wing. And then we got Bongi coming at the end of the match to just, create chaos Mm -hmm. and like if we did that knowing that investing in our striker position is not going to help us in the system whatsoever so do not do that again and we're pretty much stuck with amari anyway so that's what i would love to see christian ramirez back from uh from aberdeen Uh, why would you why would you want to stifle one of our most creative players by putting him in him as an eight and just I don't, I don't see how that's even going to work. Like, what's the because point he's of you super good. Like, much? Because when him and Trap were paired up, they played very well together. Like, part of that run when we had was when Lude came in with, like, they played really well together. And, like, you can see. But like, that's because he had what? to play there. I know. And like, he's really good at it. And, like, he, and that's why he also plays in, okay. the, he's been in the holding midfield. When again, my question is, do you want him to be an eight or do you want him to score goals? Which one do you want him to do? I said that he scores his goals when he plays as a nine for us. Yeah, but do you want him? Do you want him to score goals or not? I would rather have a DP guy who's going to score fifteen goals versus Lude who's going to score seven to eight, seven or eight. All right, mom and dad, I'm going to interrupt you. <laughs> I'm, I, I lied. This is my final question about it. Um, who was the transfer of the season? And um, the I guess the nominees would be uh, Bongi, Ariaga, Amaria. Or Kamar Lawrence, probably Kamar Lawrence, since we got him on a free transfer, we got him for nothing. Okay, and he played very well. Like he did, he helped fill the vacuum that was Metnair not being there and not having anybody to um, 
press up on the um yeah as our fullbacks. So I thought he did very well once he kind of got settled in and got back into shape after like you know starting off a little shaky coming out. And of course he hadn't played in like months. So Corey, as much as I would love to say that it was Bongi, uh, I would have to agree it's Kamar Lawrence. Rodrigo, Lawrence. And you're wrong. It's actually Bongi. So thank you for playing though. <laughs> this was no, but, and no, and, and Bongi too. Like he was the big surprise. Like I had not, I did not have high expectations for him just for how young he was, inexperienced, and like he came in and like he he was very raw. And like Rodrigo says, he needs to work on his first touch. But um, I think it's the uh, first time Adrian Heath has ever been cyber bullied into starting a young oh, player. Yeah. <laughs> it was so great. I think they probably were like, look, guys. Uh, our numbers are not good. This is the only thing that's playing for us. We got to put him out there on the pitch. I was delighted by Bongi this season. One of the one of the real highlights of the season for me, I think, has been watching him. Uh, we're going to take a break and we'll come back and do a few questions. Let's finish off this 55-1 podcast with a question from Christian in our Patreon Slack. What two female actor comedians with money in the bank should Minnesota Aurora bring to spearhead Welcome to Aurora? Maggie Smith and Julie Andrews. Oh, that'd be good. Oh, you do have a connection with Julie Andrews, don't you? I do have a connection with Julie Andrews. You could make this happen. I Um, could. I would say... Kristen Wiig is going to be on mine, but... Uh, I mean, Maria Bamford went to the U of M. Mm. And then, um, I mean, Margaret Cho is always hilarious. Okay. There we go. These are good. Yeah, those are good. Um, okay, that great. Was, Perfect. I was going to suggest Marissa Tomei because of that one movie she made here with uh, Christian, what's his name? <laughs> I forget, the guy with the baboon heart. I forget about that movie. That's Okay. Uh, <laughs> I do know that um, (laughs) the partner of what's his name, assistant coach in Ted Lasso, the real, Uh the real life partner of that guy of coach beard um, was in drop dead gorgeous, which is about Minnesota or or takes place in Minnesota. So pretty sure we can get, I don't know her name, but. And also drop dead gorgeous was filmed in the, whatever hotel used to be behind the super target in midway. Really? Remember that? Remember there's a hotel across from Hardee's? That's they right. Tore down, they tore it down to build the super. They tore it down. They tore, yeah. They tore it over. That's yeah, right. Yeah, and, and it was called a Hojo in the movie. It was actually like, a, I don't know, like Best Western. I don't know what it was. But yeah, it was filmed I there. I go back and rewatch that. I back in Midway. Could, look, I think you actually just like start putting out feelers to Hannah Waddingham from from Ted Lasso. Get get Rebecca from Ted Lasso to actually. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Invest in the team. In mm-hmm. it. I'm, I'm, or I'm Rebecca Vardy. We do Rebecca Vardy. <laughs> it's or, Rebecca um, Christian Vardy. Fitchett says, which Premier League team most accurately matches up to Minnesota United's ownership's ambitions and why? Oh, we know which one this is, right? Oh, who do you got? I was good. Oh, we're like, it's just well, we perform, say we, we perform gonna say like Everton. Everton. It's yeah. going to be Everton. Oh, see, really? I, I'd go with Crystal Palace. No, because they have Christian, uh, they have Patrick Vieira. Yeah. No, but he, no, but as far as like, I mean, have they ever really finished more than mid table? And like, they're all they're still hanging their heads on their like full members cup championship from back in the late eighties when like well, all the English teams were banned club, for the championship. Every that's literally is, every yeah. fucking English team. I, I don't know. But, like you could argue are, like a West. Are we the leads of the of the MLS? No, we're not that fun. No. no. Yeah. No. When we, we hit Weisball, we're fun. 
Are we Villa? No. No. We're West Ham. Uh, That's what we are. Yeah. Uh, we, got, we got big Burnley vibes. Only Pun CEO says, where will the club hang its two banners? The one for being the only West <laughs> Western Conference team to make the playoffs each of the past four years. And the other for being the only team to blow a lead in a playoff game each of the past three years. Oh. Wait, wait. Imagine if somehow Wonderwall could sneak in a TIFO that was like raised using the pulley system and like somehow they like dropped the one they planned and just pulled it up and says four time playoff like participant and just had it raised up on the opening day of the season. Just a participation trophy. Uh huh. That's yeah. what that actually what we get. We get four participation trophies <laughs> and we put it on the iron ore that's uh you, you know what should that should be the season ticket holders gift that they give out. <laughs> Harrison like, Heath will personally hand it to you as you <laughs> enter the stadium. As you walk in from the gates. Dan O'Play says, Is being Minnesota United fan more like soccer purgatory or soccer groundhog day? Oh, it's Groundhog Day for sure. Totally. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, Groundhog, it's, Day. Groundhog Day is it's 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 fun and then you hate it and then it becomes fun again and you can't remember why. But who's playing Bill Murray in this version? Um, I'm trying to think like, of like a, a just a C-rate actor. Oh, John man. Travolta. Oh, John Travolta plays. Uh, oh no, uh, Tom Arnold. Oh, <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> I was gonna say Woody Harrelson, but I was gonna say no. Woody Harrelson would be way too good. Oh, for God, that. and his, and Michael Boxel plays the the groundhog. He's just in a furry costume. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Great. Um, all right. Well, we killed that one. Um, this is Toby S says, how many players away from being a contender from MLS Cup are we? Still two to three, or has it gotten better since pre-playoff times? Six to eight. Uh, I'd say at least 15 to 24. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know, man. Look, like we were so we had like, such a good run in 2019 and 2020 because it was like win now and who knows what who knows man um mn hick says what are our options for center back next year signing Hope, one is our ho- i think our, hopefully younger yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully under the age of 73 <laughs> <laughs> finally nick says is cereal a soup yes yeah i'd argue that hmm yes okay. as long as taco is a sandwich Ooh. Who wrote, yes, a creamy American gazpacho. Thank you. That was me. That's Mark. If you write a joke in the notes, you have to use the notes. Or I'm I, gonna just... I didn't think it was that great of a joke. I was like, when I first like, copied and pasted the question, I was like, oh, that's a good one. It's like, ah, it's not that good. I'm not close. Actually, I will steal your jokes if they're in the notes. Actually, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a joke. That's actually Mark's sign off because that was his nickname yeah. in college. <laughs> When I was a kid, my, my nickname was Hot Dog Hands. <laughs> I do not want to know why. <laughs> no, I, I can tell you why. Because no, no, no. no Someone I won't do it. I won't do it. Just, just call me hot dog hands. You meant the, literally the, the, the Patreon. The Patreon, if you're listening to this, uh, when you hear it, we're not going to make an announcement in the Slack channel, but you have to tell us why Mark was called hot dog hands. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. That's your directive. All right, my friends. Signing off once again. Thank you, uh, the three of you, for for making this so much fun. Thank you, friends, for uh, listening to this BS over all these years. But you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're sexy, you're sexy, and everyone and loves everyone you. Loves you.